but it is a joy for my wife and I to be able to be here this morning. I don't like the reason we're here because I don't like to see preachers down when I know they're itching to get in the pulpit. I've been there. I've done that. Uh, and especially when we lived in the parsonage beside the church a couple of times, and I'd go to the door and watch everybody come in on the parking lot, and I knew who was present, at least on my side of the church where they parked. Uh, and then I'd say a little prayer and go sit down and wish to goodness I was in the church. But anyhow, uh, it is good to be here this morning. It's amazing how the Lord puts things together sometimes. Amen. And some of the songs that have been sung this morning fit what I had planned to say today. And it is uh, always a joy to stand in the pulpit and represent God in His Word. It is an awesome responsibility. I've been doing it since 1980. And uh, I, I tell you, someone said the other, or asked me the other day, said, do you get nervous? If I don't get nervous, I'm not doing it for Him, I'm doing it for me because I am in His presence today, and I understand that. I want you to take your Bible this morning and, take it and turn to Luke chapter 8. I say many times when I stand in the pulpit, I say it when I was, said it when I was pastoring and when I was traveling for the state. For most folks who are in this building today, there's probably not a whole lot that I can say about Scripture that you haven't heard before. Now, you go out in the world and I could say anything about Scripture and they've never heard it before. I mean, they don't even know who Adam and Eve were. Some of them don't. Uh, and I watch these game shows sometimes. My wife and I enjoy watching the game shows. Our, our uh, cable has got the game show network and, we, and they have bi biblical questions on there sometimes and man, they don't know a thing. And you think in America, people are bound to know something about the Bible, but we would be shocked today within a five-mile radius of this church. And I know there's a lot of woods and country out here, but we'd be surprised how many people know so little about Scripture. Now, if I said something about Mephibosheth this morning, some of you might not know who Mephibosheth was. Uh, but what I want to talk about this morning, we all know. It's a very familiar story that happened in the life of Jesus and I think it fits for us in our society today as much as any time as far as the, the church is concerned. We all know what has been going on for the last year and a half. We all know the struggles that all of us have faced in the last year and a half. And we know the struggles that many other people are going through even today. Uh, just uh, yesterday or day before yesterday, our son-in-law uh, tested positive for COVID. Uh, he has done everything he could uh, to stay away. Uh, went uh, to eat with a friend of his last weekend, and now the friend has come down with COVID, and it appears he possibly got it from him. Uh, our daughter... Uh, tested negative our grandson tested negative so they're at our house now they moved in last night while we were gone <laughs> and uh, so when we get home today we got two extra people at the house and don't know how long they'll be there but that's just facts of life that's just the way it's been we're often asked and i know brother jimmy has been asked 
What happened? Why? Jesus was asked that question often. Why was this person born blind? What did they do or what did someone else do? And we know the easy answer. It is the curse that has been placed upon man because of what happened in the Garden of Eden. That's the easy answer. That's the fast food answer. But if you're going to cook a meal, it's going to take a while. Okay? If you're going to really get the nutrition out of your cooking, it's going to take a while. It's going to take ingredients that have to be put together. So we can give the easy answer and say, well, we all know what it is. And the world laughs at us and says, oh, it ain't got nothing to do with Satan. It ain't got anything to do with evil. It ain't got anything to do with bad. It has everything to do with evil. Now, it may have started in Wuhan, China, and we're not ever going to be able to prove that. Anything that we'd ever had to prove that's been buried a long time ago. But we don't have to prove that because we know from the day Eve took of the fruit, there has been a battle between good and evil. And until some of us, any of us, take our last breath, that battle is going to constantly go on. I've had people reprimand me more time than one, Brother Jimmy. Well, I'm not in a battle. I don't ever have to worry about anything. Well, then he's got you. Okay, if you're not in a little bit of a battle, if you're not in a skirmish every now and then, you don't have to go to war, but there are skirmishes every now and then. We are fighting the evil one. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I've read the last chapter, so I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. It was an honor to preach a funeral on Wednesday of a former church member. Uh, his job had moved him to High Point years ago, and he and his wife had stayed there. She passed away about four years ago, and I preached her funeral. And I preached his funeral this week, and I made the statement, the more funerals I preach, the more jealous I get because I'm ready to go. I'm not anxious. I'm not going to get out here on Interstate 40 and stand in the middle of the road and wait till something hits me. You know, I'm going to do what I can to try to keep myself as healthy as I can, even though I don't do as much as I can. But I'm ready to go. I'm ready to lay down my life. Got a lady in Siler City that I'm just waiting to get a, a call to do her funeral. It's appointed unto man once to die. But I've got good news for us today. I've got good news for us today. It is appointed unto man once to die. But after that, the judgment. And after that, the resurrection. And I can't hardly wait. I can't hardly wait. Luke chapter 8. I want us to start reading, if you will, in verse 26. Jesus has taught the parable of the sower. He has taught the parable of the candle. You don't put it under a bushel basket. Uh, he has calmed the waters. And in Luke chapter 8, it says, verse 26, And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man which had devils long time, he wear no clothes, neither abode he in any house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, 
What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. Isn't it interesting that the world thinks that we Christians are the problem? That's not the first time that's happened, by the way. Here's, here's this demon-possessed man. He has devils, not one, devils within him. And, and don't torment me, Jesus. When Jesus saw him, he cried out. What have I to do with thee? For he, that is Jesus, had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man for oftentimes it caught him and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters and he broke the bands and he was driven of the devil into the wilderness. We know where the problems are coming from today. We know who is behind it all, but we also know who can stand on the front of that boat and say, Peace be still, and the winds and the waves obey His command. We know where the problem comes from, but we also know where the answer comes from. The problem is we're not willing to accept the answer. We want to blame something else. We want to blame someone else. We want to seek another way. Sort of like Naaman. I'm not going down there and wash in that river. Surely to goodness there are nicer rivers back home. I'll just go back home. No, you go dip in that river. And don't go dip five times. You're not going to get healed. You go dip seven times. And the scripture says when he came up the seventh time... His skin became as a baby's skin. We used to teach our kids in children's church and he dipped and he dipped and he dipped and he dipped and they have to dip seven times. And when he did, he was healed. Scripture then says, Jesus asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him. Isn't that interesting? The devils asked Jesus to do something. That lights my fire. <laughs> The devils asked Jesus to do something, Jimmy, when we can't even get God's people to ask Jesus to do something. We walk around with our heads down and we walk around that like we haven't got any friends and we walk around like there is no answer and we just say, oh, woe is me. I think I'll just go sit down and eat a worm. And the devils requested something of him. They besought of him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. There was there a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain, and they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them, and he suffered them. Don't send us into the water. You send us into the pigs. Now, I don't know how you interpolate that. <laughs> but I tell you what I know. Jews 
did not eat pork. Lexington barbecue would be out of business if it was Jewish. <laughs> Maybe they thought these demons and devils will be safe in the pigs because nobody will touch us. That's my thinking. It's not very theological. <laughs> yeah. Probably no seminary going to teach it that way, but that's my thinking. Just put us into the pigs. Verse 33, Then the devils, plural, went out of the man, entered into the swine, and the herd ran violet down a steep place into the lake and were choked. Now, you know, I love as... <laughs> As the A-team used to say, I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> Don't throw us into the water. Put us into the pigs. And he puts them into the pigs and the pigs go into water. <laughs> Isn't that justice? <laughs> if you're going to throw us out of this man, put us into the pigs. He puts them into the pigs and the pigs end up in the water where they didn't want to go to begin with. It's interesting that it then says, they that fed them saw what was done and fled and went and told in the city and in the country everything that had happened. Can I remind us this morning, God is still on the throne and everything that happens, happens for a reason. I have to remind myself of that so often. I've had to remind myself of that so often. God still knows what he's doing and he never does wrong. So whatever happens in our lives is right. It must be because God is right. Amen. Now we would say, and Jesus would say, this man was possessed of the devils. He had many devils within him. We'd get an argument today, is there such a thing as demon possession today? I really do believe there is such a thing there is such a thing today as demon possession. You really want to see the power of Satan be in the emergency room when someone comes in who is on alcohol or drugs. She said, four men can hardly hold them on the bed for us to give them a shot. There is power from the devil. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. These demons made this man wear no clothes. These demons made this man dwell among the tombs in the cemetery. These demons would help him break the bands that they would put around him. But those demons had no power over themselves when Jesus said, Go into the pigs 
and the pigs went into the water, the devil understands he has power. Now, don't misunderstand me today. The devil has power today. He has got so many people blinded. He's got them confused. He's got them addicted to this and that and something else. And he has got so many people in depression today. Depression. I'm not just talking about worried a little bit. I'm talking about scared to death. Every preacher you talk to, there's people who still haven't come back to church. They're scared to death. Now, I've been careful. I have masks in my car and where I feel like I need to wear one. When we went to see Ray yesterday, he's laying there on his deathbed. I'm not going to walk in there and take a chance that his body is so weak he might catch something. I'm going to wear a mask. I got common sense. I went and had my shots. I've got common sense. But I am not going to be fearful of my life because my life is in his hands. And so the man was demon-possessed. The demons knew who Jesus was. Can I tell you today, God still, I mean, the devil still knows who God is. Sometimes I think he tries to stretch it a little bit and go where he shouldn't go and stay longer than he should stay. But he still knows where his power comes from or doesn't come from. And he knows how short a leash he's on right now. And I'm going to tell you, he is on a short leash. Boy, if you've ever read the book of Revelation and studied it much, I don't see how in the world the Lord can wait much longer. And Jimmy, I've been preaching it for 40 years, and I'll preach it as long as I've got breath. But I believe we're closer than some of us even think. The demons had a request. Don't throw us into the water. They even had a second request. Put us into the pigs. But the demons absolutely faced destruction because even the pigs, even the pigs didn't like the presence of the demons. My daddy used to read this and he said they committed hogicide. <laughs> They killed their self because of the demons. And we can't get human beings today with education to understand the devil isn't doing anything but killing them. He come to destroy. He came to tear down. He came to kill. He came to confuse. That's what he's all about. And they think he's their friend. Isn't it amazing? Some of your own families, some of our own families think he's their friend. He has never been a friend. The Bible says when those who fed those pigs saw what happened, they went and told in the city and in the country. And then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Clothed and in his right mind. See, that kind of a change can only come through victory in Jesus. My Savior forever. 
He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. That's the power that comes from knowing and serving and loving God. It's amazing to me that then verse 36 says, They also which saw it told them by what means he that was possessed of the devils was healed. It was by God and God only. They say things are going to continue to get worse. I think Revelation has said something about that. <laughs> they say Thanksgiving dinner this year is going to cost more than it ever has. All of us had to put some gas in those vehicles we drove to church today. But you know what? It's going to all be over one day. It's going to all be over one day. And except for being willing to give my will to Him, it has not cost me anything to be able to go sit down at the marriage supper of the Lamb. It has not cost me anything to be able to walk on the streets of gold one day. You say, well, yes, it has. No, it really hasn't. Oh, I probably could have made more money doing something besides pastoring some of the smaller churches I've pastored in my ministry. I, I might could have found somewhere to make enough money so that my wife wouldn't have to work and even sometimes two jobs so we could pay our bills. If the church can't do it, the church can't do it. But God can. God can. He always has. I've got enough to live off of. I really can't tell that it's hurt me that much for all this that's gone up. I know there are a lot of people it has. I mean, they were already on a very shoestring budget. I planned ahead. I had some retirement. My wife had retirement. So we're okay. But folks, I don't depend on that. I'm glad toward the first of the month I get the Social Security check deposited and I'm glad toward the middle of the month I get the retirement check deposited. But you know where both of those checks really come from? The blessings of God. That's where they come from. And my two come at the first of the month and her two come at the end of the month and by the end of the month we still got money left over. Amen. It's not whether you got checks left over at the end of the month. It's whether you got money to write those checks. <laughs> You know, God's been good. And I believe one reason God has been good was because as an 11-year-old boy, 
First Free Will Baptist Church, Washington, North Carolina, Ronald Creech preached a message. And I can't tell you what message he preached. And I can't tell you what scripture he used because I wasn't paying attention. But when the invitation came, I'm glad I paid attention to the Holy Spirit talking to my heart. And I came to an altar and got saved. And God has been good to me ever since. And no telling where I would have ended up had it not been for the goodness of God. Now, I must just go ahead and say I've not been perfect, and you already know that. Y'all don't know me too well, but you know I haven't been perfect. <laughs> I have run. I did not appreciate the fact many times that my daddy was a preacher. I swore up and down that would be one thing I would not do, Jimmy, is be a preacher. Now look, 40 years later, <laughs> that was not on my plans. I was going to be a music director. I was going to be a youth director. Anytime anybody had a problem, I was just going to say, go see the preacher. <laughs> And he worked for nine years, but I knew the whole, well, the last four or five years I was running from God. That was not what God wanted me to do. I wasn't demon-possessed. I was just stubborn. But I finally said yes. And I sure am glad that I said yes. And there's been some times when I have questioned. I'll be honest. There's been some times when, Lord, why are you putting me through this? But I've never wanted to turn back. Because as disciples came to Jesus one day and said, He said, are you too going to leave? And they said, Lord, where are we going to go? You're the only one who has the answer for eternal life. Where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? And I'll just say to us this morning, we have problems. We have issues. We all have situations in our life that if we wanted to, we could just quit and sit down and give up. And there are family and friends and co-workers who would say that's what you ought to do. But God says just keep your hand in my hand. And when it's time to cast them off, I'll know when to do it. We've just got to keep our hand in His and let Him do what only He can do. And then one day, we will lay it all down. One day, we will lay it all down. And if we have been true, this word says, we will hear him say, Well done, good, faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many. And I believe we'll take those crowns as we get them and lay them at his feet. For who is worthy to open the book? And they found none, but one came forward. The very Lamb of God and opened the book and gave us what we need.
I don't know what's going on in your life this morning. I know one thing, we were not planning to have company at the house when we got home today. <laughs> we had no clue That same, our son-in-law, the same one, the only one we've got, <laughs> our son-in-law has got a aunt that's going to be buried Wednesday and he's not even going to be able to make it to the funeral. Her husband died a couple of months ago and he did make it. He had a brother-in-law to die a few months before that. Someone said to me, how much more can he take? As a child of God, he can take whatever God needs for him to take till he's through taking it, and then God will take him home. If I could not look at it that way, folks, I would not be standing where I'm standing this morning. And if you can't look at it that way with your whole heart, you have no business sitting where you're sitting. You need to be at this altar taking care of it. Because we all understand today God is still in control and He is the one who can. And I think sometimes, and I'm not telling anybody how to pray. Jesus taught them how to pray, gave them the pattern. But I think sometimes we pray, and that's the way our church does it. We categorize it in physical needs, spiritual needs, and national and denominational needs, and we write them all down, and we have a list. I think sometimes instead of praying somebody would get healed, we need to pray that they would get saved. And if they'd get saved, the healing would come eventually. Because, folks, if they get saved or if they get healed and they're well but they're still not saved, they're worse off than if they were still in the sickness that they had.